Well, hey, hey, everybody, this is Dana Shea, and you are listening to Real Relationship Talk. Today is episode 48, and we are super excited to kick off a brand new series called Young and Married. Now, when I say young, technically, I'm talking to those of you who are chronologically young. However, you are going to be in for some really great information and inspiration, no matter how old you are. I promise the advice and the guests that you are going to hear in this series are relevant, no matter what age you are. And so speaking of guests, I am super excited to bring to you guys a new friend of mine named Jannard Moore. Jannard and his wife, Destiny, actually have a podcast called More Love Connection. And They have just welcomed a brand new baby, Little Miss Harper Rose. And when we recorded this podcast, Jannard's wife, Destiny, was actually still expecting. But now baby's here. And so congratulations again to Jannard and Destiny. Listen, you guys, today, Jannard and I get into all kinds of things. We talk about unmet expectations. We talk about some of the things that a lot of young married people think before they get married and then the realities that they face once they get married. This is such a great episode episode, literally one of my favorites. So you are in for a really great conversation. I can't wait for you to hear it. But before we get into that, I want to encourage you to make sure if you are a woman that you are registered for my Boundaries for Women workshop. You guys, this Boundaries workshop is so foundational. It is so fundamental. It is so important for us in healthy relationships. There are so many people who have all these communication issues, who are passive aggressive, who are angry and resentful because they don't have proper boundaries, nor are they enforcing them in their relationships. And so I want to help you to know how to set boundaries. Why do we need boundaries? Does every relationship need boundaries? Listen, hint, hint, yes, they do. So be sure to register today at danashay.com forward slash workshops. Again, that's D-A-N-A-C-H-E dot com forward slash workshops. I'm super excited to see you guys there. Well, without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump into my conversation with Jannard Moore. Okay, well, take two. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So everybody, Jannard and I were actually just sitting here recording this episode, (laughs) and we were having such a great conversation. We're just going on and on. And I happened to look up and realize we were not recording. And we had been talking for probably a good 20 minutes. So I actually had the privilege of being on your show, um, I guess, a couple weeks ago. And we were talking about just all things marriage. I think I was talking to you a little bit about this notebook idea that Sean and I have. And we were talking about communication and just a really great conversation over there. So I'm really glad to have you on Real Relationship Talk today. And I know that your platform is Millennial Marriages. And I just wanted to know if you could talk to us a little bit about, first of all, like, where did you get the idea for this platform? Was it just a a personal need that you had? Or was it something that you were seeing kind of out there, a need that wasn't being solved by others, and you decided to kind of step into that role? Gotcha. Uh, And yes, you were on the uh, podcast. Uh, It was an amazing episode. uh, So thank you for having me on your show. Absolutely. Um, so just to kind of put it in context, the name of my podcast is the More Love Connection podcast. Um, and it was birthed out of the desire to want to help other millennials. Uh, growing up, my mom 
she did not get married until she was like 38. So I really didn't see marriage until I was 18. Uh, once, once she married my, my stepdad, uh, and they have been married, I think 14, 15 years, something like that now. Um, but you know, just growing up from that early age, I didn't see what marriage looked like. And so once I got married, you know, my, my mom and my stepdad tried to teach me different things growing up. Hey, this is what marriage should be like. Uh, however, my wife came from a two parent household. So when we got married, it was like, you know, everybody told us this is what marriage is like. And once we got into the marriage, it was like, what you said is not what we're experiencing right now, (laughs) you know? And so, um, the second year of our marriage, I was like, you know what? I really wish there were some transparent individuals or, you know, somewhere I can go to say, Hey, what is marriage really like? And not saying that our parents didn't help us. Uh, but I also felt like the experiences that we had within our first two years could help other millennials, uh, you know, just from down to the most minute things like, how do you clean the house? How do you cook your chicken? Or, you know, just different things. Uh, how do you conversate? How do you handle conflict? What is your conflict resolution skills? Uh, so my experiences within my first two years of marriage, I wanted to be able to help, you know, individuals who were newlyweds. Um, and I will say I, I struggled with jumping out of the boat and starting a podcast uh, because I felt like, well, I haven't been married long enough. I don't have quote unquote value to add to somebody, uh, but you are an expert at your own experiences. And when That's you right. use or when you create and use your voice, you never know who you're helping. Um, and so just the need for transparent relationships is where it was birthed out of. That's good. So how long had you been married before you started the podcast? Right at two years. So we got married in 2016 and we started the podcast in December of 2018. Yeah. Well, I definitely think there's something to be said because, you know, Sean and I've been married for almost 22 years and that's all well and fine. But I feel like sometimes, just like what you said, sometimes people will discount themselves because they feel like I haven't lived enough experience or I haven't been through this long decades long (laughs) situation. But what Mm -hmm. happens is I know sometimes you don't want necessarily an expert, you know, like there are times that we're going through things in our lives where we're not looking for an expert. We're looking for somebody who's in the trenches with us who they're like, oh, that person understands me because they're right in the same boat that I am. And so I'm grateful that you jumped out there anyway, even though, you know, you hadn't been married for super long. But the fact that you can actually relate to newlyweds, I think there's this whole, especially in the black community, um, not I don't want to stereotype because I know that many of us did grow up in two parent homes. But I think that there's also when you look at other racial communities, I believe that there's also a disproportionate amount of us that did not grow up in two person homes. And so to be able to see like a young black couple who are doing it, you know, and not necessarily doing it perfectly, but you're actually saying, okay, these are some things that I didn't see as an example growing up. So I'm going to now implement those things into my marriage and then teach other people how to do the same. Exactly. So, I love the play on words. I think, I don't know if I told you this before when when I was on your show, but like the play on words. So your podcast is called More Love and obviously your last name is More. And so I just, I love, I think that was really clever um, to name the show that way. And let me, I want to say this. So the More Love was birthed out of, that was, well, social media 
is what birthed it because when we got married you know it's like when we announced our engagement what's our hashtag gonna be you know we need to come up with a hashtag mm. <laughs> so yeah. we, we went back and forth and our marriage hashtag was more love so uh that's where that was birthed out of i gotcha so when you're creating shows like i know for me i'm always thinking of okay what do people want to hear? Like, what are, what are the burning questions out there? Sometimes I'll get people to actually write in questions. And then sometimes it's like, you know, things that I see just in the culture. I might read a story and the news that I'm like, you know, I really want to kind of focus a little bit more on that story. So where do you get some of your ideas for content? Like, what cre- what is that burning thing in you that's like, we got to talk about this on the podcast? Um, it, it, for me, it's, again, going back to transparency and my relationship, things that we go through and just kind of being authentic. Well, that's great. And I think, you know, even as you were talking about, like you and your wife started to experience some challenges pretty early on. Was was that surprising to you? Like, were you one of those people who thought like, I know her, she knows me, we're good friends, you know, like, were you surprised that you guys started dealing with challenges? Were some of your ideals challenged? Or like, how did you handle all of that when you guys first started going through some issues? Great question. Uh, I was surprised because I was just, you know, under the assumption that we're going to be good for the rest of our lives. You know, we ain't going to get in no arguments. We ain't going to be fussing and fighting. And then, you know, early on, it wasn't anything like, oh, my God, it's, we need to get divorced. But it was just a minute thing. She didn't like the way I cleaned up. I didn't like the way she handled finances. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a dog. She didn't like the way I, you know treated the dog well not treated the dog i didn't treat the dog bad so if anybody's listening right, don't come for me letters. i didn't treat the dog bad. <laughs> yeah i'm telling you <laughs> but you know just like the way I, I i trained the dog and um was attentive to the dog so um i was kind of surprised like you know we talked in that 20 minute conversation that y'all didn't hear <laughs> we talked about premarital <laughs> counseling uh yeah. and, and there were certain things that we talked about in premarital counseling and then when we got to the the marriage it was like but I thought we talked about that. We shouldn't be having that issue, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I I was somewhat surprised that we were going through certain things at an early, early stage. Yeah. You bring up a yeah. really good point that, you know, even like in our, in our conversation, a, that didn't get recorded, uh, you and I were talking about, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the importance of premarital counseling or premarital coaching. And that's probably one of the favorite things that I get to do as a coach is really sit with a couple before they've gotten married and talk about some of these issues. As a matter of fact, right before I started recording our conversation today, I had a, a client a couple client that they're about to get married. And so one of the things we're talking about today is expectations. And I said, you know, one of the reasons I know for me in my own marriage, one of the reasons that things started breaking down in our relationship is because of these unspoken and unmet expectations, you know? And so it's like, we, we go into relationships assuming a lot of things. I assumed that once we got married, my husband was going to like forego all of his female friends. He did not have that same <laughs> that same assumption. And so like that was the expectation that I had, but I never wow. said it yeah. out loud. And so then I'm upset and disappointed because he's not responding in the way that I think he should respond. 
And I think that that causes so many issues in relationships, not just marriages, but in relationships where we assume, oh, well, of course, you know, every husband knows this or every wife knows that. It could be, you know, the husband being like, well, of course, every wife knows that she's going to be the primary caretaker of the children or every wife knows that she's going to be the one cooking mostly. And we just have these assumptions. And so what happens is then when our spouse doesn't fulfill them, then we get disappointed Right. And then if you don't talk about your disappointment, then disappointment can turn into resentment and then resentment can turn into bitterness, which then opens the door for a whole bunch of craziness to happen. I'm telling you, that's something that we talk about on our show. And I actually just posted it, I think, like two weeks ago on Instagram, uh, five things that you should do before you get married. And Mm -hmm. that was the second one. The first one was know yourself. The second one was set your expectations, Um, you know, and and it's. What are you expecting? And you, in conversation A, <laughs> you talked about having Beth mm-hmm. McCord on our show. Uh, and one of the right. things that she coined the term a suicide, you know, and mm. basically a suicide is when you go into a situation assuming yes. that the person should respond the way you want them to respond. And you've never told them what your expectations are. Uh, my father-in-law has t- said on many occasions you better lay, lay your expectations out so she can know you need to tell her, look, how many times you want to have sex a week? How many times you expect her to cook? Mm-hmm. You know, what is your what are your expectations about going on dates and X, Y and Z? So, you know, when you lay your expectations out, the other person knows and you're not you're not assuming that they know. Um, and it, it's not even just about big stuff, if you will, like lay your expectations out. Hey, hey, if I come to you and open up and share my feelings this is what I expect from you. I expect for you to either coach me through it or I expect you to just be a listening ear. I don't need you to say anything. I just, I just want to talk to you. Uh, And like you said, a lot of times we get so frustrated in situations in marriage and relationship is because we have unmet Mm -hmm. expectations and the person didn't respond the way we expected them to, or they didn't do what Mm -hmm. we thought they should do. That's right. And then it opens the door to comparison, right? So it's like, well, in my prior relationship, this is how my boyfriend used to do things, or this (laughs) is how my dad does things, or this is how my mom, you know, and so we start to compare our spouses with someone else, which is just super unfair because Mm -hmm. you didn't marry your dad. You didn't marry your best friend. You know, you didn't marry whoever you married your spouse. And so to not give people the benefit of the doubt and to not even give them the opportunity to know what your expectations are. I love that word. Assume aside. I literally wrote it down. I'm like, okay, Beth, I'm gonna have to go ahead and and, uh, steal that one. Um, But you know, I, 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 I know that I have been um, guilty of that for assuming things. And then, like I said, what happens is it, it creates unnecessary conflict and, we have to be able to be responsible for ourselves. We have to be able to to be self-aware. We have to be able to say, okay, these are some of the things that I need. And then I need to be able to express those things to my spouse. I can't just assume that they're going to know everything. And that's one of the things that premarital coaching does. It allows couples to be able to talk about what are you expecting? What are some of the traditional roles maybe that you want to hold on to or that you want to let go of? Because if you marry someone who has that these kind of traditional 
traditional gender roles where the husband is the breadwinner, the wife is the, you know, domesticator or whatever. And you marry someone who has completely different views or values, then you can see where that's going to happen. That's a train wreck, right? That's the train, yep. And so you have to be able to get in a situation where you're like, okay, these are some of the values that I have. What are some of the values that you have? And it's not like, okay, we're going to take three of my values and three of yours. Sometimes you might have to kind of compromise. Sometimes you might realize this is not as important as I thought it was. And so all of that needs to happen on the front end. I was telling you before, you know, I had this girl who she had just gotten engaged and she was all excited and it's all over social media. And so I was, I was excited for her, for her too, but I went up to her and I said, you know, I'm an ordained pastor. I was like, you know, I would love to do you guys as uh, premarital coaching. And she was like, oh no, 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 no. I don't want to do that because I don't want to open up the can of worms. <laughs> you know, she literally, and I'm Look. like, do you not understand that the can of worms Look. are going to pop open? open, whether you want to open them or not. And so you might as well. Exactly. So it's like, you might as well deal with this stuff on the front end versus now you've been married for two, three years. You can't stand your spouse because you've had no tools, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I would love to start some sort of formal marriage school. You know, I I don't Mm -hmm. know if I've ever said that out loud before, but it's like, I believe, you know, you need a, a driver's test in order to get a driver's license, you got to take behind the wheel and the written test. You have to go to eight year, eight years, eight years of schooling to become a doctor. You have to have even to work in McDonald's. You, you have to go through a training through program, training. Yeah. right? Yeah. But it's like some people feel like, oh, I love that person, and so that's enough for us right. to commit ourselves for the rest of our lives, body, soul, and spirit. And right. it's just it doesn't work that way. Right. And when you get into it, it's situations that you have never faced, you right. know, and that's that to me was the, the scary thing. Like, how how am I going to be a husband? I, I've i never been a husband. Mm-hmm. How am I going to be a dad? And I, I can tell you when our daughter was born, like, yes, if you have kids, you know, people can tell you, hey, this is what parenting is going to be like. But I guarantee you, when we when we came home with our daughter, it was like, oh, my God, what do we do? You know, and it's like, but we had we had people who were able to coach us through that. And so to your point with the the marriage school, I I agree with you, you know, whether it's a marriage coach, a relationship coach, whatever, you Mm -hmm. know, get you somebody who is seasoned. That's what I call married people who are like you. You've been Mm -hmm. married, what, 20, 22 years almost. Yeah. Yeah. So so you are seasoned in the game. So, you know, there's some things that you can tell me and coach me through, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's communication, whether it's setting boundaries or whatever. Uh, but when you get married, it's just like you need somebody that you can go and talk to that can help coach you through certain situations, especially if it's your first go around on marriage. Right, right. And you need someone who's going to be able to also empathize with you, which is why I love what you're doing on your platform, because Mm -hmm. even though you haven't been married for 20 years, but you've been you're in the trenches with I would still consider you kind of newlywed ish. You know, you've been married for what, six, seven years now? Five going on five Five. this year. So, yeah, we're still babies in this thing. Yeah, you guys are still (laughs) new. Right. And so I love the fact, though, that you'll be able to reach people that I won't be able to reach. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we eat, we each do our part. But I want to know, um, Jannard, from a millennial point of view, because we're seeing statistics show that more people are waiting longer to get married or they're just not getting married at all. And of course, these are folks in our generation. And so mm-hmm. why do you think the, what is the trepidation? What is like the angst or the fear even for why, why people in our age group are not getting married? 
uh, baggage, mm. you know, um, <laughs> just from the millennials. I, I there are some well, some individuals who, you know, have not experienced dating. But from my perspective, it's just my friend group and people that I know within our generation. We are serial daters. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're the generation that grew up with AOL. You're chatting. We're the generation um, that swipes left, swipes right. And so it's almost like you're seeking instant gratification. And when going back to that word, when your expectations are not met in a relationship, you have those reservations. You put those walls up. Uh, so I honestly think it's it, it's baggage from previous relationship. And it's also the fear of commitment. Um, I feel like some individuals are afraid to commit to one individual for the rest of their life in fear of missing something. And that goes to FOMO, fear of missing out, you know, uh, doesn't in my mind, it's crazy because I'm just like, why, why wouldn't you want to be with somebody for the rest of your life? What's what's the fear? But it's it's commitment. Like, I don't want to miss out on something like what if I get married and end up and she's not the right one and he's not the right one. Or what if I get married and there's somebody else out there, you know, so the fear of commitment, you know, being hurt in previous relationships. I have several friends right now who are in relationships with good individuals, but due to the fear of commitment, hurt from previous relationships, they won't jump the gun with the person that they're with. And it's like, y'all been together six years now, you know, so what's going on? Ladies, I have just the workshop for you. You guys, so many of you have struggled with making boundaries. Some of you right now know that you need to create boundaries in your life, but you don't know how. Many of you might wonder, am I selfish? Do I really have the right to tell this person no? Maybe it's an employer. Maybe it's a spouse. Listen, I am doing a boundaries workshop on Friday, July 23rd from 7 to 9 p.m. This is one workshop you are not going to want to miss. Your relationship cannot afford for you to miss this workshop. We are going to come together as a group of women. We are going to talk about what it means to create boundaries, what it means to say no without feeling guilty, how to have confidence in actually asserting yourself and doing it in a way that you won't come across as mm, itchy with a B. Okay. And so ladies, you are going to want to come on Friday, July 23rd, 7 to 9 p.m. Be sure to register today at danashay.com forward slash workshops. Can't wait to see you there. Now let's get back to our show. I, you know, I mm-hmm. think we're the Starbucks generation. It's like yes. endless, options. endless options. There's even a secret menu. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you look at the menu and you don't like that, there's a secret menu. You can all, there's always an option. And I think that when we approach relationships like that, we will constantly be assaulted with the thought of what if this isn't the right person? What if I married the yep. wrong person? So I yep. want to know, what is your take on that? Do you believe that there is that one right person for everybody? Do you believe that there's that soulmate that's out there that we need to find? Or do you look at it in a different way? Um, I, I, I have seen and I agree with both perspectives, if you will. Okay. Um, okay. Now, when it comes to soulmates, I do believe there's somebody for everybody. Uh, now, Take my wife and I. We're not perfect. I don't like everything about her. She doesn't like everything about me. You know, we make it work. We quote unquote compromise. Uh, we, but we believe and we know in our hearts that God had ordained us to be married. 
you know, mm-hmm. we be- we truly believe that. Uh, so to answer your question, I do believe that there's somebody for everybody. Um, I don't go out there and trying to make somebody <laughs> your person, you know, and that's right. something that I, I feel trapped and victim to, you know, oh, this girl is a good person, um, but she was emotionally abusive. And mm-hmm. yes, men can be emotionally abused. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's a stereotype that, you know, men are usually the ones doing the abuse. Uh, but I was going to make that relationship work by any means necessary. And just for the sake to say I'm with somebody, I'm happy. And, you know, I, I put it in my mind like, yeah, she's my person. I wish supposed to be together. And it's like, no, no. But, you know, there is somebody for everybody. And that's contingent on your beliefs, your values, how that person treats you, how they make you feel. Um, so. Yeah, I think I see it a little differently. I think I believe that there is, especially if you're talking to like a Christian, right? I believe that mm-hmm. God through his word, he's kind of given us like some, some, some things that boundaries, right? It's like, okay, mm-hmm. these are the pe- these are the kinds of people that you want to look for. So if you're a believer, mm-hmm. I believe in not being unequally yoked. Like don't marry mm-hmm. someone who's not a believer, not because of some weird religious reason, gotcha. but just because yeah. it's going to be difficult for you guys when you start to um, have conflict on how you're going to approach that conflict. If I'm seeking God and I'm trying to please the Lord and everything I do when you're not, like that's, that's just a problem, a, a huge problem waiting to happen. And so I believe that you need to be equally yoked. I believe that you need to have someone who has like values as yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. But other than that, I feel like this is a great big world. And it's like you go out there and you find someone and then you make it work. And I think that so many of us have been kind of told like the, I don't even know if this generation knows what Jerry Maguire is. It's so old of a movie, but you know, that whole like, oh, you complete me or I found my soulmate. And I think so many people are sitting around here waiting for a soulmate or they're waiting to find like, are you my person? Are you the right? Yeah. And it's like lots of people can be your person, but you have to be able to do the work. And I love that you said that I don't love everything about my wife and she doesn't love everything about me. (laughs) Like that is real talk, right? Because you hear these people like, I love everything about my spouse. I'm like, you don't know them then. (laughs) Honestly, like I I love my husband, but do you, I mean, there's definitely things that I don't like about him. And there are things that I'm sure he doesn't like about me. And I think that that is what actually authenticates your love. Love isn't, I love you when you're amazing and wonderful and you're doing everything right. Love mm-hmm. says, I choose to love you even when you're getting on my nerves, even when they're do- you're doing things that I don't like, even when you've made me upset, I still choose to love you. And I feel mm-hmm. like we live in such a, a throwaway generation. You know, it's like, if we don't like something, we just throw it away, get something new. Yep. You know, yeah. and so we, we bring that into relationships. It's like, well, it didn't work out. And again, I'm not minimizing the fact that I understand that divorce happens. And I understand that there are some real reasons why divorce happens. I believe that there are some very toxic relationships that don't need to happen. So I don't want to minimize that. But I also believe that so many of us um, in this generation are not really willing to go all the way in. It's like, okay, People getting married with prenups, you know, people getting married with all of these stipulations like, well, we'll see how long it lasts. It's almost like I feel like the generations that came before us, they really took that for better or for worse till death do us part way more seriously than we do. It's almost like and I'm surprised I haven't had anybody say to me, I don't want to do those vows. I want to write my own and I don't want to take that part out. But I almost feel like 
people want to do that. They want to be like um, in sickness and in health. And so we both feel like this this relationship has served its purpose and then we can move on. I uh, totally agree with that. Um, I'm a Christian myself, so I, I agree with that that perspective. Uh, one thing I do want to add in regard, because as you were talking, I was automatically thinking about the vows, you know, in that line for better or for worse. You know, before you marry somebody, that's the question that you need to ask yourself. At their worst, mm. can I still love them? At at my worst, can this person mm-hmm. still love me? And, you know, especially with millennials, we are a trophy mm-hmm. generation. You know, everybody got a participation right. trophy, whether you played <laughs> sports, you know, whether you got in the game or not. You didn't even have to be the star to get a trophy, you know. So you didn't have to go to practice seven times a day or seven times a week, you know, to win mm-hmm. a championship. Let the team do that. I can just sit on the bench and get the trophy. And so we're a participation generation. And so once you get into a marriage or relationship and then it gets tough and it requires work now, okay, well, I'm stretching some muscles that I ain't never uh, stretched before. I'm dealing with stuff I ain't never dealt with before. This is tough. This hurts. And it's like, let me run away from it because I just want to ride this ride, get my trophy, get my ring, post my picture on Instagram, say I'm married without going through the trenches of, you know what? I don't like the way you talk to me. Yeah. I don't like the way you handle situations, you know, and uh, at that person's worst, can you still love them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a tough question that people have to ask. It is. And it's a, a question that is worthy to, to be asked, but to also to wrestle with. And, and this is why if you've never had like a real deal argument, like you've never experienced conflict I'm almost like, oh, I don't know if you're ready yet because you don't know what that person is like at their worst yet. And even if you do everything right, like, so for those who are in agreement with premarital coaching and counseling, I, al- I always want to say, like, even if you do that, there's still just some real life experience that is going to be waiting for you on the other side of that marriage that you're just going to have to be prepared for. But I think you'll be in a much better position, at least if you go through that training and if you go through, okay, I need to develop this tool or wow, I didn't realize that this was going to require me to sacrifice or to uh, compromise. And so going into marriage, you got to be able to go into with, you know, take off the rose colored glasses, set the ideals down. And the first conversation you and I were having, we were talking about why hashtag couple goals and all that stuff is so problematic, right? They're just sitting here <laughs> looking at all these other yes. folks relationship and they're putting stuff on uh, on Instagram and, you know, and it's just not real. It's just, yep. it's a mirage. It's what they want you to think, but they're not yep. showing you like the nitty gritty what's going on behind closed doors. And so I want to know, Janar, mm-hmm. what would you say to a millennial or whoever is listening? What are some things that our parents' generation have taught us that we need to hold on to in marriages? And what are some things that our parents' generation have taught us that we need to let go of? Hmm. That's, a, that's a loaded question, Dana. Woo. That is loaded. <laughs> I can give you a minute. <laughs> that's a loaded question. Um, I'm, just, I'm just speaking from my perspective and my upbringing. The things that my parents instilled in me were my core values, you know, um, my religion, um, also just essentially being a good person um, and to honor and respect any individual that I come in contact with, you know. And so those are some of the things that I hold on into hold on to. Um, One of the things that my parents and I we've had extensive conversations about this and I wish 
they kind of would have harped on it a little bit more when I was younger was just the notion of hoarding information. And especially for African-American generation, uh, not generation, African-American culture, uh, our parents kind of hoarded information. And it was almost like, you know, there's always family secret. Somebody's sick. We don't want to talk about, you know, why this person died or what happened to this person or why these individuals got divorced. And it's just like, oh, what they, you know, whatever the, the situation is. Um, so I, I feel like, especially for our generations, I really wish the older generation would have talked and accepted the communication, like accepted and said, you know what, we just going to share information. We just going to talk and get stuff out. Um, and from my experiences, what I have seen with my friends, communication is always one of the biggest issues in relationships for, for millennials. Um, especially, like I said, with my friends and people that I've interacted with and especially with, with men, like I said, we're a trophy generation, but growing up, majority of men were told if you fall, get up, if you scrape your knee, don't cry. Uh, if you, if you cry, you whine, then you are, you know, you, you're less than, if you will, I don't want to use <laughs> the terms to define them. But when you get into the marriage, you take on those same that same mindset and your spouse hurts you. And it's like, you know what? All right. I'm just going to suck it up and I'm, a, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to open up about it. And that stuff was instilled from for a lot of individuals from an early age. So just the notion of, you know, being transparent, being able to communicate, talking about your feelings, talk, expressing yourself. Um, so that's something that my parents and I, we, we talk about a lot. But I believe that's the good. older generation could have done a better job with, you know, accepting our feelings, accepting our emotions and sharing information. That's good. Now, speaking about sharing information, how, what are the role, what is the role that you think friends should play in our marriages? Just be that friends. And that goes into my favorite word. Well, one of my wife's favorite word boundaries, you know, there has to be a level of boundaries with, every exterior relationship that you have in marriage, whether that be family members, sisters, brothers, friends, cousins, you know, there has to be boundaries set and expectations set. Like, Hey, I'm not going to talk to you about my marriage. You know, I ain't going to talk to you about certain things. You know, you go and confide in people that you trust, but, when you start gossiping, I'm not gonna say gossiping, but when you start sharing information with your friends, let's take for example, I'll just use myself and my wife. If I go to my friends and say, Yeah, me and Destiny just got in an argument, she getting on my nerves, she did X, Y, and Z, you know, they can hold and hoard those those feelings. They can take those feelings on and the next time they see her, it's like, she get on my nerves, you know. And she ain't even really did nothing to them, but you know, and so you wanna always try to protect your spouse. From from that, uh, go and talk to your your marriage coaches. Talk to your marriage counselors about situations and stuff. Friends should just be friends. We go hang out, we go on vacation, but there's a level, of, there's a boundary that I'm not gonna cross. You know, I ain't about to be telling. Like I said, I ain't about to be telling about my marriage. <laughs> 
Right. You have to tell everybody. I think that is something that, you know, previous generations, it's interesting because like you said, a lot of times it was kind of like what goes on in this house stays in this house. So our parents' generation, they weren't going to be reaching out to marriage counselors Mm -hmm. and coaches for the most part. You know, some of them did, but for the most part, generally, generally speaking, they wouldn't. And I feel like our generation, we're way more open to that. We're way more open to reading books, attending conferences, doing workshops, talking to folks. But I think that sometimes Mm -hmm. we can do too Mm -hmm. much of that. You know, we can actually talk uh, to other people too much versus talking to your partner, you know, trying to figure out, all right, like, let's try to solve these problems within our relationship instead of like me going out here and talking to 10 other people, including my Mm -hmm. unmarried friend. Like what in the world? What is your unmarried friend going to tell you about your marriage? And I think that some people don't get like they don't they don't realize the the um, ineffectiveness of that. It's like, yeah, your friend might love you. You guys might be best friends, but they're not married. So they can't really give you wisdom. They don't know what to do because they're not married. And so I just, you know, want to encourage people like you have to be very careful about who you talk to. And then you got to talk to somebody. Their their marriage doesn't have to be perfect. But if they're having the same problems that you have or worse. Well, Jannar, this has been really good. Um, What would your kind of like last words be? How would you encourage a couple who maybe they're dating, they're engaged, they're considering getting married, or maybe they're actually a little bit nervous about getting married? Like what would be kind of some of your last, last minute advice to them? Uh, My last minute advice, you know, for the individuals who's dating, definitely seek out marriage counseling, uh, premarital counseling and you know, marriage counseling, uh, do a follow up with your premarital counselings for three months, six months, and then do a year. Uh, a lot of times we mm-hmm. go into premarital counseling and we just stop. So continue marriage counseling throughout your marriage. Uh, and for the, um, individuals who are married, my advice would be create a safe space for your spouse, uh, create that safe space yes. for your spouse to be able to come and share information, um, to be able to open up about their feelings uh, to be able to communicate. Um, and then once you create that, that safe space and y'all have that shared, shared space, you know, that opens up the world, opens up communication that opens up intimacy because you're building that level of trust. So create the safe space and continue to work on effective communication and more so effective listening. That would be my advice. That's so great. Well, you are an example to many. I think, you know, there are so many young, younger people um, who can see a successful marriage, not a perfect marriage. There is no perfect marriage, but a successful marriage with two people who are willing to love each other through the good and the bad, who are willing to stick in there, who are willing to commit and to remain committed. And so thank you so much for what you're doing. How can people find the podcast and how can they find more about what you do? Yeah. So the podcast, you can find it on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Simply search for more love connection. That's M O O R E love connection and follow us on Instagram at more love C X N. Uh, or check out our website, morelovecxn.com. Awesome. And of course, I will have all of that linked in the show notes. So thank you so much, Jannard. Thank you for having Appreciate me. Appreciate you for, yeah, for everything that you've offered our community today. All right. Thank you. 
You know, when you meet somebody and you just connect with them right away, like you have such like minds, that is exactly what my conversation with Jannard was. I mean, we talked and talked and talked. I was on his podcast, as we said earlier, and just really a great, great guy, great family man. And I'm super thankful, Jannard, for you being on the show and sharing all of your wisdom with us today. Well, you guys, that wraps it up for our episode today. If you would like to connect with Jannard or his wife, Destiny. You can actually find their podcast on Apple Podcasts, More Love Connection, or you can head to the show notes of this podcast today, realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 48. And I will have the links actually will take you straight there so that you can find out more about the Moors and listen to their podcast. And if you want to just kind of get a transcript of what we talked about today, that's all available for you on the show notes. Again, realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 48. Make sure that you are registered for the Boundaries for Women workshop that's happening in just a couple of days from today, um, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, actually. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast several episodes later, we may have already had the workshop. But listen, every workshop that I do is also available on my website as an e-course. So if you're not able to join us live, you can always purchase that later as an e-course. So that is the end of our show today. Thank you again for being a part of the Real Relationship Talk community. I want to encourage you, if these podcast episodes have been encouraging your marriage or helping you in any relationship, I would love to hear about it. One of the best things that you can do for a podcast is to write a review. We as podcasters love to hear back from our community. And so I would encourage you, head on over to Apple Podcasts, write up a couple sentences about how you liked the podcast, what stood out to you, maybe even get some suggestions. I would love to hear back from you so that I can continue to make this podcast the very best that it can be. Well, with that being said, you guys have a wonderful week and we will see you right back next week on the show. Take care. A powerful prayer life does not require hiking a mountain to be able to hear from God. God can meet us right in the middle of our busy lives to help, guide, and speak to us through prayer. I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical teaching and encouragement on how you can make prayer a natural and consistent part of your everyday life. I promise it won't require hiking a mountain, but you just might develop the faith to move one. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.